Hi, and welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to four teenagers. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens, yet keep firm boundaries? Would you love to get your kids to listen without yelling and feeling frustrated first? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hey everyone, glad you're here on this podcast today. So I love this topic today. We're going to talk about connection and connecting to our teens, but whether you have teenagers or younger kids, this topic will be helpful for you. I was thinking about yesterday how much I would have loved to have the tools that I have now and know how to apply them when my kids were younger. Because when my kids were younger, I loved being a mom. Being a mom was my favorite. And it surprised me because I wasn't the type that loved to babysit when I was younger. I didn't dream of being a mom and motherhood when I was a teenager at all. It just wasn't something I was excited about. And so when I had kids and when I had my first baby, I just relished in it. I loved being a mom so much, but I very much had the idea that being a mom meant that you protected your kids from frustration and disappointment, that you needed to be patient and kind and loving all of the time and know how to respond to every situation and just control your kids, not in like a really strict punishing way, but like The way that you showed up as a mom, whether you were patient and kind and caring and what you taught them would mold your kids into exactly who you wanted to be. So it was like controlling, but not controlling, if that makes sense. Because my natural personality is not super strict and controlling and like, it has to be this way or else it's wrong. I'm not naturally like that, but I thought that the way I showed up and the things, the choices that I made when my kids were little would have an impact on them in the future. And so I had to make the right decisions. I had to know what to do. I had to do everything perfect or else I might screw everything up. I had no awareness that this is what I thought and how it impacted me when my kids were little, but it was there. And if I could go back and tell that young mom, tell my younger self, that I wasn't responsible for, or let me say it like this. I could tell my younger self that my only job as a mom was to love my kids and teach my kids and allow them to be exactly who they are. That would have just been a game changer because my parenting or my kids were not a reflection of me. And so I could just be in the moment, delight in them, appreciate them for who they are, love my life and motherhood with all of the messiness that it brings. Does that make sense? One of my favorite tips, and I'll just share it with you right now, if you can change one thing, no matter how your child is behaving, no matter what your life is like in this circumstance right now, if you could take one thing, I want you to start doing this. And that is just delighting in your kids when you see them. So obviously we have things that we need to do like work or we're busy doing things in the house or it's important to take time 
with our spouse and have our own life for sure. And so our kids are not the center of our world and I don't think that they should be and they shouldn't feel like they should be. So it's important to take that time. But in the moments when you see your kids, when they wake up in the morning, when they come into your room to talk to you, when you pick them up from school, when they come home at night, unless it's too late and you're already asleep, which is the stage I'm in right now. Uh, But when they come home, when they come in the door, delight in your kids. Decide ahead of time that you want to be so excited to see them. Kind of go back to that. Sometimes it can be hard depending on you know, where your kid is at and how old they are and how they respond to you. They might, you might get the eye rolls. You might think that they hate you right now. They might think that they hate you and that you're the most annoying mom in the world. That doesn't matter. What you can control is how you feel when you see them. And, and if you need to go back to remembering how you felt when they were born and how cute they were when they were toddlers and how much you loved them, they are still that same cute toddler. They are still that sweet baby. And so do do your eyes light up when you see them? Does your voice reflect joy when you talk to them? Or do you show up with an agenda because you're kind of worried and stressed when you see them and maybe uh, feeling disrespected when they roll their eyes at you? And so how, how does what's your tone of voice like when you see them? And just shifting from that really annoyed tone of voice or the one, the parent that's just always asking them what they're doing or kind of interrogating them to one of just delighting that they are in your house and that you are their mom and having your eyes light up and reflecting that feeling when you see them will make an enormous impact on the relationship you have. Even if your child doesn't show it, it will have an enormous impact on it and you will start to see a change. I am 100% confident that you can do this. And this is where coaching can be so powerful because in the moment, you might feel absolutely frustrated and annoyed and out of control. I know I have been there. But through mindset, thought work, coaching tools, you can learn to manage those emotions that come up so strongly so that you can respond instead of react. So just a little plug for coaching. If you need help with this, please let me know. Schedule a free call with me and let's talk through some of those situations so that you can not feel so frustrated or annoyed or angry. You absolutely can decrease the level of emotion that you feel so that you can respond in a more productive way. I promise it feels so much better so that your teen doesn't need to change so you can feel better and you're absolutely powerless because you're waiting for them to change, right? And as the parent, and this is what we're going to talk about today because it's about connection. As the parent, you need to be the one that is in control. So often we expect our teens to be the one that is obedient and listening and respectful and in control so that we can stay patient and loving and kind and, you know, peaceful. But we are the parent and we are going to encounter some hard things with our teens and with our life, right? We need to know how to deal with those strong emotions when they come up so that we can be the example for our teens. Our teens should not be responsible for our emotions, and that will just add pressure on them. It'll add pressure on you. So my podcast and my coaching work is to help you take back control of you and how you feel and how you respond 
take that pressure off of your family so that they don't need to change for you to feel better. So if this is interesting to you and you're thinking, all right, that sounds great, but where do I even start? You don't know what my situation's like or what my teenager is acting like. Well, this is where you start. For one, it's choosing to be intentional when you see them to delight in your children. Go back to that time when things were easier. Your kids loved you. They wanted to be with you. They were more obedient and you just loved them so much. You loved being a mom. Go to that place and delight in your teen as they are right now. I first, one of my first lessons that I learned when I was reading how to talk so teens will listen and uh, listen so teens will talk and, and recognize that, okay, this is actually working. I, because I had always thought I was the one that was supposed to have all the answers and teach my teens and be that example, but in a way that added a lot of pressure on myself and them, I felt like I needed to always have the answer. And so if my teen was struggling, I needed to talk them out of that struggle. Or if my teen was thinking something or doing something that I didn't think was appropriate or that they should do, I wanted to tell them why and to get them to change their mind or do something different. And this always usually ended with a power struggle or they would respond like, oh my gosh, mom, you just don't even understand. You don't even know. And then I would come back with why I did understand and why I was responding out of love and like this was coming from a place of love. I wasn't trying to argue with them, but it, oh, it would always end in an argument, not closure, and I would feel powerless. I would feel like I had no influence and just feel out of control and on the worst days, feel like a terrible mom. So I started getting coached myself and I started reading different parenting books, the one that I had read before, but because I was being coached and learned how to manage my own emotions, that I was responsible for my emotions, I learned other people are responsible for their emotions and that the way that we are thinking is why we feel a certain way. I was able to take a step back and uh, understand and have a little more awareness of that. And so then that what I was reading in these books, I was able to actually apply. And so I'm reading this book, How to Talk So Teens Will Listen, and listen so that they will talk. And it says something to the effect of like, don't always have a response and just learn to listen. And sometimes that means just making like a, a noise that shows that you're listening, like a, oh, or uh-huh, you know, or like a hum, like where you're like, hmm, that's interesting. Something like that, where you don't even have to say words. You're just responding in a way that shows you're listening actively listening. And so you're making some sounds and not even words. It was so funny when I was reading it, but I tried it and it actually worked. So I noticed it working because my daughter was talking to me and I showed I was listening and there was some silence. And then she kept talking. She added to her story. She gave me more information and my mind was like, oh my gosh, this is working. This is what the book said would happen. And I started noticing that. And then there would be another situation that would come up where I would fall back into my old pattern and give her my opinion, tell her what I think she should do. And I noticed the conversation stopped. It was like the door slammed on this conversation we were having. And maybe she would respond in that way of like, oh, you just don't understand her. Mom, that's not how it is. I noticed that door slamming on the conversation. I'm like, okay. And I didn't need to change it. It's just, it's the way it was, but I was able to look at it and go, okay, that didn't work. It's feedback. It didn't work. So I can 
do it different the next time. Over time, because remember, this is the long game. We're going to have to practice. Our kids give us plenty of opportunities to practice. You will not be out of opportunities to practice. Every day is a new day. So you will, over time, be able to change those patterns. So now it's a lot easier for me to listen and get information. My kids know that they can talk to me. And it's easier for me to bring up topics that I'm not afraid of talking about and they're not afraid of telling me. And they know that I'm not going to have this big judgment about it. And that even if I do have a judgment about it, it's said more in a way of like, not like I'm right and they're wrong. It's like, well, this is how that makes me feel. And maybe I'm wrong. So you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel this way about it. This is how I'm thinking about it. That conversation is open for learning, open for understanding. It's not this black and white, I'm right, you're wrong. So if you disagree, the door's closed, it, there's no point in even talking anymore, right? There's a difference. So that's what you want with your kids. You want to build this relationship on connection. So no matter where you are at right now, if you feel like a failure, if, you're, if you feel like your teen is just too far gone, that is going to affect the way you feel and the way you show up with your teen. And so just accept where you're at right now. Your teen is not their behavior. So don't take it personally. See your teen for that child that they are and just love them so much. Their behavior is not a reflection of you. It's not a reflection of your parenting. I know so many parents who are amazing parents who have had children make some really hard, difficult choices, mistakes. Some have cost them their life. And these parents still show up and learn and grow and love their kids. So it's never too late to decide to make a change. So it's understanding, too, that successful parenting is not about protecting our children from every difficulty or frustration or about molding our children into exactly who we think they should be. Successful parenting is building within our children the resources that they need to grow into who they are, this amazing child of God that is unique, that has their own gifts and abilities, and we want them to feel free to share those gifts and abilities with the world as they are meant to do. Successful parenting is a transformation. It's never ending. So with everything I've learned up to this point, my oldest is 19, I still have so much I'm going to need to learn. My kids will most likely get married and have kids of their own. And so the amount of learning that I'm going to need to have it's just a constant thing. Like, I feel pretty confident that I could parent a toddler or a preteen or even a teenager. I've, I've been in that space for a while. I'm practiced in it. Well, now I'm going to be moving out of that stage with my oldest, and I'm going to have to learn new tools and practice and do it wrong and figure it out all over again. So parenting is a constant need of learning and growth and transformation about how parenting was, you know, in the 1940s, 1950s, it was very much like kids should be seen and not heard. The parents were the boss. Kids needed to be obedient, follow all the rules and be well-groomed. And 
they made their parents look good. So if the child was doing everything they were supposed to, the parents looked good. And then all of a sudden we have a little swing. That's like on the one, you know, far side of the spectrum. And then on the other side of the spectrum is the parent who is like, you know, in the 80s or 90s, it was like, I want to be the cool mom and I want to be my parent, my children's friend. And so like the movie Mean Girls, I think of the Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler's character where she comes in as her daughter is having a party with some friends. And when she had in the movie, it's so funny, the daughter has the master bedroom because she asked her parents to switch her. And so her parents obliged because they just want to do everything to be accepted and cool with their teen and her friends, right? That's like the other end of the spectrum. If you haven't seen that movie, it's pretty funny. And so that is not either end of those, where the, whether you're like, I need to have control over my kids and they're a reflection of me and they have to do exactly what I want them to do or else, you know, X, Y, Z. That's one end. The other end is I need to be their friend and I just want to be accepted and cool. And so whatever my kid wants, I'm going to give it to them, right? That's the other. And we want to be in the middle, of course, but we're going to swing on, you know, either end of that sometimes. And so really though, remembering that successful parenting is not about controlling or being our kid's best friend. It's about helping our children get the resources that they need so that they can have joy in their life, share their gifts and talents with the world, and be able to process all the emotions that life, that comes with being a human in this life. Frustration, disappointment, loneliness. We want to equip our kids with the tools to be able to experience that. We don't want to manipulate their life so that they never feel lonely or never struggle. That's not successful parenting. Successful parenting. So first, we've got to do it with ourselves. If we don't know how to navigate our own emotions, when we feel lonely, frustrated, or disappointed, how are we going to teach that to our kids? So first, we've got to do it with ourselves. And we also need to send the message to our kids that we are their rock. We are, we are their constant. We are okay. Our kids don't need to be okay so that we are okay. And this is the work of a lifetime. This is the work of my lifetime because I am very much on my less than best days. I need my kids to be okay so that I'm okay. And so there are times when I am so worried or upset and fearful about my kids and what they're doing that I am not okay, right? And so in those moments, I'm noticing I need my kids to be different so that I'm okay. And in that space, I am not an effective parent. That's not where I want to be. And I'm going to be there sometimes, and that's okay, but that's my work to do. It's not my child's responsibility to change so that I can feel better. Does that make sense? So we need to, for sure, as we show up with our kids, to be the constant. And when we make a mistake, because we will, show up and be an example and say you're sorry. Say, you know what? That wasn't my best self. I was responding out of frustration, and I shouldn't have said that. And it's okay to do that. And then it gives our kids permission to not be perfect and to see us as a human being. We're real and we have human emotions just like them. But we, as the parent, need to be in charge. When we're not in charge, when our child is in charge, when we are bribing and incentivizing and arguing with our kids, we are not in charge. They are in charge. 
when our kids are telling us, you know, why they should see this rated R movie, or we are explaining to them why they should not see that movie, and we just go back and forth and back and forth, no one is in charge. And the way this will look when you have a toddler or a five-year-old will be different than the way it looks when your teenager is 16, 17, 18 years old. There will be times where you may have to state your opinion and the, the way you feel and allow your child to decide for themselves. And so what that looks like for you will be different. And there's no manual that tells us you have to do it this way and this way. And so that's where I go back to when you are that rock for your kids, when you love them and support them through all of it, you will know what to do and you will know when it gets hard. That's when you just get to process the disappointment and the hard feelings that come with parenting. So our teenagers, the older they get, and this is true for like younger kids too, but mostly for teenagers, as humans, we are wired to push back. We are wired to resist coercion. It's just a normal human tendency. So if someone is especially, and this is different, I think, with peers and friends, but we're talking about an authority figure like a parent or a teacher that is telling someone who doesn't want to hear what they should do or how they should think, and someone in over them is telling them what to do or how to think. We are wired as humans to resist and push back. So if this is where you're at with your teen, accept that nothing has gone wrong. They are doing things exactly as they are supposed to, as we are developmentally created to do. We're, we're created to push back because we want our teens to grow into adults and not need us anymore, which as a mom, I know it's so hard. Like I can't imagine my kids not needing me anymore. But actually, if I think about them being an adult and needing me all the time, that's not what I want either. So we have to be okay allowing our kids to push back and figure things out on their own so that they can learn to trust themselves and to overcome. You know, if they do make a mistake, that they can figure it out. If we make sure they never make a mistake and they are perfect their entire life and we can take credit for that and think we're just the most amazing parent. But what happens when they are an adult and they make a mistake or one of their kids makes a mistake? Are they going to know how to handle that? Did we equip them with the tools to handle that? And so I say that so that you can be okay with your kids making mistakes, doing things on their own, even without your permission. I mean, we would never say that out loud to our kids, that we want them to make mistakes or do things without our permission. But we just know that the way that teens are developmentally, they are wired to want to do things on their own and maybe even things that they aren't supposed to do. And so nothing has gone wrong when that happens. We, that's when we come in to equip them with the ability to learn from their mistakes, know that they have parents who have their back and who love them and support them, right? You don't want to find yourself in the situation where your kid is at rock bottom and then you realize I have no control over them, so I just need to love them. So many parents I've talked to don't learn these tools until they get to that place of they absolutely have no control. So just accept that you don't have control right now and not wait until your teen has hit rock bottom or before you realize that it's time to step back and your teen has to learn the hard way, all right? And so if your teen is just pushing back a little bit, 
it's okay. Your job is to equip, equip them with the tools that they are resilient, that they will be able to make mistakes and overcome them. Don't take it personally. Don't think it's an attack on you as a parent or that you didn't teach them right. And also you can be in charge and set boundaries and rules. And I really believe that you as a, as a parent to your specific children know what that looks like. And what that looks like for you will be different than what it looks like for someone else. And so that's your own mental work again to do when you feel judged or you feel like someone disagrees or maybe you even make a mistake. And that's what we're talking about is letting our kids make mistakes. Let yourself make mistakes and do it wrong and learn and grow and build that resilience within yourself. Like you don't have to be this perfect parent and raise this perfect child or else everything's gone wrong. Right? Notice if you're in that all or nothing mindset, because really the ultimate goal with our kids and teens is to build from attachment. Do you feel connected? Do you, does your child feel attached to you? Do they feel like they can come to you? Or do they feel like they're always under this interrogating, questioning version of you? And if they do, they might. And I'm sure my kids have felt that way from me, that I'm always questioning them and they may be right. They may not. So we can't control what our teens think of us for sure, but we can control how we show up. So notice how you are thinking and feeling about your teen's behavior and is it serving you? If it's not and you don't know how to work out of that, sign up for a free coaching session. I'm going to put a link to my calendar in my show notes of this podcast. I don't have a link anywhere else on my website. Maybe I'll put one on there. Eventually I stopped doing free sessions because I went more into the group coaching um, my courses and I stopped doing as many one-on-ones as I was before. But I really feel like this is so important that I'm going to start my one-on-one coaching program again and I will start adding on a few free one-on-ones every month because Sometimes learning these tools can be really simple, and it's just a slight shift in your thinking that that free session may be all that you need. And I'm happy to do that for you if you need that without any strings attached, without you feeling like you need to be sold something, happy to coach you for free. So go to my calendar link in my show notes if you're listening to this podcast. I think that's my gift to you because you're listening and I have it here. So Take advantage of that. Have a wonderful weekend. I hope you are enjoying your summer and all of the things that are coming with summer, the busyness of sports camps and things like that. Uh, We have girls camp coming up in a couple weeks, and I can tell you I have a couple girls who do not want to go. We moved about, gosh, it's been about a year and a half, and with COVID and stuff, it just made it kind of tricky. And so They do not want to go, but as a leader, I'm actually going, and so they don't have a choice. I don't think that, like, personally, I'm not one that I used to be where I would force them to go. They just had to because I had to. But I have taken a step back and realized, okay, it's okay to give my kids a choice about certain things in this instance because I'm going and I want them to go. And I, I feel like it's a learning process for them. And we've had some really good conversations lately about them not wanting to go. And it's taken me, uh, having to step back a little bit and allow this conversation to happen by saying, 
I will allow you to stay home if you can talk to me about why you want to stay home. And if you, if I can be open with you staying home from girls camp, I want you to be open to going to girls camp. And that's how this conversation is going to sound. So I want you to tell me why you need to stay home. And I will tell you why I feel like you need to go and why I want you to go. And as we've had these conversations over the course of the last month and they are registered and paid for and they're going but I can tell you that the conversations we've had have shifted I've seen that shift go from you just have to go this is what you have to do and I know last year I told you that if you didn't have fun you wouldn't have to go again but now I'm going and now you have to go our conversations have sounded like that for sure but as we've both been open to understanding the other person and I've had to let go of needing them to go or forcing them to go and they have I've seen them be open to all right I know my mom is going to make me go and I need to be open to understanding why and what this is going to look like and we've had some conversations that I have seen their minds open up to the idea this possibility that it might be okay it might not be the end of the world if they go so I will keep you all updated on how this goes and if uh, we come home from camp and if they say, I told you so, I will be honest and I will tell you how that goes. But so far, we've seen some good pro progress, I think, in that their attitude is softening to go. But wherever you're at with your summer, I hope you enjoy it and enjoy your family. Delight in your kids. And we will talk to you next week. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast. As I said earlier, if you want a free one-on-one -on -one session, click the link below in my show notes. I promise that just one session will help you shift your thinking and we can get you to where you are delighted when you see your teenager, no matter how they are behaving. Making this one shift will have an incredible impact. It's within your control and it will feel so much better for you. You will feel more connected to your teen and the impact of that will be incredible. So if that sounds appealing to you, go click, make an appointment and I would love to talk to you. Thank you for being here.